This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, he's got the fever for the flavour. It's Mitch Doyle. What a great reference and I definitely do. Love some hot action cop. And what do I have to say? It's Dale Ruth. Hello everybody. It's good to be back. Yeah, a little, little hot action cop reference for for for, for, for your earballs on a, on, a, on a Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this. So. Earballs is a terrifying thought, just for the record. I believe it's... I... I believe, I believe it's medically correct, so just go with it. I mean, correlation or causation, but me being single until I was like 28 might have to do with me knowing every word of that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, we are here to uh, unveil the first, uh, the first of three uh, regular season segments of our MVP voting. So... Uh, if you are a second tier or above member of our Patreon, and again, thank you to everyone who is. We love you very much. Um, you were able to vote on this as well as the three of us. Um, so we were doing every position as well as uh, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and uh, Most Improved Player of the Year, and of course, the main award, the MVP award. So um, before we get into that, and we'll probably start from the bottom and work our way up to the MVP, so you have to listen all the way through to find out who the uh, regular season of the first uh, eight weeks MVP is. We've got to be a better name for it. Coveted trophy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mitchell, before we get into that, uh, would you like to give a little shout out to everyone else who was on the voting committee aside from the three of us? Uh, yes, the, yeah, the esteemed committee members. Anyway, over on patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies, just shouting out the even more esteemed ones in the Boom Rookie and above tiered users. So that's uh, Jack Snape, Thor Laycock, Jace G. Debbie Fisher, Tom Hardy, Alex Sergicomi, Bird Andrews, Jason, Wayne Ritchie, Simoali, Ty, Warwick Ahern, Roxanne Clark, Michael Murray, Carlo Tyshen, Matty McPee, Dan Cullinane, and Dave. So thanks again for supporting us, guys. Thanks again for taking a part in this vote. I kind of, um, not to take shots at people, but it kind of um, weeded out the, the non-committals, if you get me. I, I remember we started this a few years ago, and I think the first vote I put out, the first like six to eight rounds, I got like 50. And then, like the next six to eight rounds, I got like seven. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very fantasy footy. You know, like you get six or eight weeks in, and you're like, I don't really know who's going to be playing center this week. I don't really care at this point. In fairness, it is easier to do it for the first eight weeks when you can go to stats websites and get like just the yeah. data and you know it's all up to date. Whereas it's much harder to just get the data from like rounds nine through sixteen. <laughs> very true. Yeah, I'll probably, I, that, I'll probably actually do that for our next vote. I'll probably put a little tab in there just with the stats for that period because, as you said, it, sh- it shouldn't helpful. be a fully stats vote, but you kind of want to know. Yeah. You've still got to know. It does. Help. I mean, it, does, I, it, it, helps, ex- it helps break some ties. It would explain why Jake Mamo is still in my super coach team. <laughs> I don't think anything would explain that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this exercise, we voted on um, best by each position, coach of the year, rookie of the year, most improved, the comeback player, overall MVP, as Bungard mentioned. But I actually I actually enjoyed this exercise. I don't know about you two, but, like, once I started going through it, you kind of realize the positions in the NRL that are really deep right now and the ones you have to, like, really struggle to get five quality players in. Like, because yes. you've got so many options. And the other ones you struggle to get five quality players in because you have two options. Yeah. That that's very true. Um, looking at you, halfback. I was literally like, "Do I have to give two and one points out in these votes? Do it, can I just not leave them empty?" And the rule is, yes, I do. That's fine. 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, before we get into the position by position award, we have four other awards, as I mentioned. Uh, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, and Comeback Player. Where are we starting, Mitchell? Let's start with the most boring one that nobody cares about, Coach of the Year. So do you want to do do we want to do our three two ones or just our we'll threes? Do, I think I think going for, I think we should do our votes and then the overall vote as well. Sweet, perfect. So I went uh, three points Brad Arthur, two points Trent Robinson, and one point Ivan Cleary. I should say that the positional ones are five four three two one. The MVP is ten to one, and the other the other awards are three two one. So three Brad Arthur, two Trent Robinson, one Ivan Cleary for me. Yeah, for me, three Trent Robinson, two Brad Arthur, one Adam O'Brien. Three Des Hasler, two points Adam O'Brien, one point Trent Robinson. Wow, Brad Arthur not even getting on the podium for D-Roots. What do they have to do, Dale? (laughs) You're not helping our reputation that we hate the Eels. Uh, Well, I hate the Eels. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've got to think of another. Um, the eels uh, are good. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You like Michael Jennings? I'm a, just a big Michael Jennings there guy. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what was the overall consensus from our votes and our readers' votes? And I will mention that our votes do not count for any more weighting than the readers. It's all egalitarian. We wouldn't be a true socialist podcast without that. Now it was really close between the uh, the patrons and, and the and the committee, as you called them, the the boomer committee. I love a good boomer committee, but uh, so Adam O'Brien came out on top with one average of one point six votes and twenty six point three percent of the vote again ahead of Brad Arthur, literally one vote ahead of him on one point five percent. Sorry, one point five average vote, twenty five point four percent of the votes. Trent Robinson one point vote back again. That's pretty much the top three. Ivan Cleary is just behind, and then everyone else is just one point sprayed. Yep, I think that's just about right. I, I, I tossed up O'Brien and Cleary, but the last couple of weeks, Newcastle haven't been great, and Penrith are playing at a level that I personally haven't seen a Penrith side play at in a very, very long time. I feel like if I... Because I kind of d- dummy this before round eight, finish it after round eight. I feel like if I did this two weeks later... I'd have Ivan in there over Adam O'Brien. And that'll, you know, what the next period will be, I'll probably give my three to to, um, to, to Ivan Cleary if it keeps going this way. Yep, fair enough. And next up, we have the Rookie of the Year Award. Um, I've gone with, I think this one should be a pretty, uh, pretty uh, clear winner with um, my three points going to Harry Grant. And then behind him, I had Bradman Best. And one point went to Toby Rudolph, just ahead of our boy, Tex Hoy. Yeah, I mean... It's it's not a hard one to put the three. Harry Grant got the three for me. Stephen Crichton got two for mine at Penrith. I think he's been exceptional in the centres there. And one point to Bradman Best. Uh, I went three points Harry Grant, two points Xavier Coates, and one point Herbie Farnworth. Yeah, and and I'll confirm. So I'll confirm this as we go. But uh, Harry Grant got all nineteen first place votes. <laughs> I don't know if that's wow. Um, Sorry, I, for the record, I, I, I didn't realise Crichton was eligible, or I would have voted for him ahead of Toby Rudolph. That's all right, but uh, there's, I mean, I think Tedesco didn't even get it for fullback, so he might be the only person to get every single first place vote in in that one. A unanimous vote. Ooh. Yeah, and and to the fans, yeah, Harry Grant's ahead. Uh, where is he here? God, I've lost it already. Brilliant for me. Okay, Harry Grant received three hundred percent of the vote. He got he's an average vote of three, fifty-seven points. I'll just give the points up, why not? And fifty percent of the vote overall. Uh, Bradman Best in second place, twenty-nine votes, two twenty-five point four percent of the vote, and Stephen Crichton, 
in third place. Well, I thought interesting. Xavier Coates is already into fourth there with, with only six votes. But um, I probably would have voted on him if I had another couple of weeks. He might have snuck in over, over best for mine. But I just mm. didn't think he had enough footy in the yeah. first uh, eight weeks. Pretty straightforward top three. Yep. Uh, so most improved. I um, this is a pretty interesting subject because obviously it's quite a broad sort of interpretation of what most improved means. But I've gone all forwards for my three selections. I've gone with Isaiah Yo three points, Mo Fotoaka two points, and Daniel Saifidi one point. Got to say, Bunga, love the Fotoaka love, and you've got more of it coming later, which I, I loved it when I saw your voting, your uh, your voting sheet, your ballot. But I've gone as well with Isaiah Yo, who I think's like. Head and shoulders, the most improved player in the competition. I think if you put that to any vote, he'd probably win right now. How good he's going at lock. Uh, I've gone Luciano Le Lua at two points. You couldn't have picked that coming. And then I've gone Dan Saifidi at one point. And you've done that as well, Bungard. And I find it funny that we can have a rep player as a most improved, but he finally playing like a rep player. Dale? Uh, I have gone uh, three points to Isaiah Yo, two points to Adam Dewey, and one point to Curtis Surinan. Uh, I like all those. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. The Dewey I, Decimal System. I'm a big, I'm a big Dewey guy. Obviously, Yo, I think has been, as you were saying, Mitch, has been phenomenal so far this year in, in a new position. Dewey, I think, is finally kind of fighting his feet with a little bit more footy. And I mean, Sirenan, obviously, he was coming back off an injury, if I remember correctly, from Hartlock, what like a third of the way through the year last year, playing consistently, mm. playing well, and he's playing in a good team. So easy to give a point to. Yeah, yep. only six people didn't pick Yo first. Yeah, right. There you go. And I've got, and anyway, as as for the listeners' vote, as you expect, Isaiah Yo's a mile ahead, 30%, 38% of the vote. Then Luch, and then Dan Saifidi, and then a bit of a jumble. But Kurt Mann slipped into fourth place there, which that's one to watch. I think Kurt Mann is a, is a pretty worthy vote in that category, too. Yep. I think that's probably fair. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Mann has been a, a real, real surprise this year. And I guess that's just a credit to how good Adam O'Brien's been doing. Uh, our last of the uh, minor awards, the Comeback Player of the Year Award. I've gone three points, Brett Morris, two points, Josh Mansour, and one point, Michael Jennings. Yeah, this is this was actually quite a few contenders. When we first put this together a couple of years ago, it was like Benji was the only contender when we did it a few years ago. But I've gone um, Jennings for three, Brett for two, and Josh Morris for one. It's not bad. I've gone uh, Up- Upi Corusau for three, Kurt Mann for two, Regan Campbell-Gillard for one. Yep. I actually, um, people might laugh at Dale's pick of Coruscant there. I actually love it. I'm actually jealous I didn't do it myself. <laughs> like, I, I, it, was, it was a tough one to come up with between, like, the point that you made about Kurt Mann is, uh, like, he was not a he was not an NRL player last year. Like, let's be pretty, pretty frank about that. And, I mean, he's been operating as, you know, half of a fairly consistently performing halves partnership. So... It's a comeback for me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah Appy won similar to that, mate. Like, Appy was unwanted again. I don't know how he kept, keeps getting punted, but I love that pick, and I love the RCG pick. I couldn't slip into mine, but, man, I, you and one other person voted for Coruscant, and you're both smarter than me right now, I feel like. <laughs> oh, well, God, if, if ever there's been a compliment on this podcast. Yeah, and I, will, I imagine Brett Morris was the overall winner, Mitchell. By some distance, again, got a lot of the first place votes. He got he got 35% of the vote. Jennings got 12% of the vote just behind him. And then Josh in third place, 11%. And this last one, David Opaluma, another comeback in the same vein, 8.8% of the vote there. So he's he's fourth. Fair enough. And uh, a sneaky shout-out in there. What, who got one? Jai Arrow somehow got two votes. I don't know who did that, but What's check he come yourself. Back from? I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So we're moving on to the positional awards now. We've got best interchange player. Could be, could be a utility player that comes off the bench and, and sparks them into life. It could just be a big bruising forward that runs hard. Uh, my list is mostly big bruising forwards that run hard. In fact, it's all of them. Um, so I've gone five points for Murata Niakore, four points for Braden Hamlin and ULA, three points for Lindsay Collins, two points for Moses Leota, and one point for Jacob Siafidi. And Dale, you want to go ahead of me this time? Why not? Yeah, why not? Alrighty. So I have gone five points for Satili Topanua, four points for Braden Hamlin and Ueli, three points for Big Tino Fasu Mialioi, and two points for Lindsay Collins, one point for Jacob Saifidi. Yeah, and, and for me, this was the one of the really hard ones to pick, actually. I probably could have picked nine or so players, and I shuffled this one a lot. But I've gone five for Lindsay Collins, a bit of an upset there. But he's like a consistent interchange player, and a lot of these other guys have been in and on and off the bench. He's Good been call. great there for me. Tino with four points, who gets better by the week. Uh, Frank Molo with three, even though he started quite a bit. I think he's been great. Jacob Saifidi with two. And Tom McKayley with one of the Tigers. And, and I do think Hamlin Ueli is the one I just dropped out when I finished that off there. but And the fans back up your guys' thoughts on that. I mean, Saifidi is number one with 20% of the vote. Lindsay Collins, number two, 10.9%. This one I was surprised by. Sofa Solomona got 7.9% of the vote, equal with Hamlin Ueli. And then Tino is just behind him and Ben Hunt there. I was actually quite surprised by Sofa Solomona. I don't know... He's still a good player, but I don't know if I think he's having one of his better years myself. Yeah, I mean, as you, as you guys said, I mean, a bunch of votes for Tino, and he, to me, has been the better Melbourne interchange forward. So, yeah, in, interchange is a tricky one as well. I mean, obviously, there's just so many guys, and if you don't follow every team closely, there, there will be guys that you miss. But, yeah, I mean, I, ben, I, I ben Hunt was obviously one of the a good player. For interchange. So, like, it's a, it's a funny old position because, like, Hunt's played what, four positions this season, but he came, like, yeah. he was an option for an interchange pick. So, as you say, it's a, it's a weird one to have to try and pick from. Yep. It is. Okay. So, we'll jump ahead to the uh, starting team now. We'll um, work our way backwards. So, we'll start with the best lock. Uh, no surprises here. I've gone five points for Jason Taumalolo, four points for Cameron Murray, three points for Isaiah Yo, two points for Nathan Brown, and one point for Jake Tabroyevich. Yeah, this one pleased me all round that everyone still kept Victor Radley up there, you know, considering his injury. No one forgot about him. So I've also gone Jason Tamalolo five points, four Victor Radley, three Isaiah Yo, two Corey Horsburgh, pretty much for crying. Oh, yes. I don't care. He's getting two point two votes for crying, and then one for Jake Dubovic. And I, and I only I only um snuck Jake in over Nathan Brown just because of Brown missing a few games. The Cameron uh, Murray disrespect from you is just astounding. Uh, oh, mate, Cam Murray is in the five best locks in this competition, but I'm talking about the first eight weeks, he wasn't even a lock. He'd also play games. edge for a bunch of those games. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I have gone five points Tamalolo, four points Murray, although now having looked at my having looked at my vote sheet, I might have to change this. Don't uh, do it. <laughs> well, I've got it. We'll come on to this later. Um, four points for Cam Murray. This this is subject to change. Three points for Victor Radley. Two points for Isaiah Yo. One point for Jake Dubrovich. And what do you think about changing? What what do you what's he doing? Well, I've put there? Cam Murray in twice, so I'm an idiot. But, anyway. well, but that's that's problematic. <laughs> no, but, you, but, but you've done it. But you're allowed to do what you did, even though you put him in twice. He Actually, did play. Yeah. Four, he, he qualifies for both, mate. If he didn't qualify, he wouldn't be there. So for listeners, I probably should have said at the start for us to vote on this. You have to have played half the games in that period in the position. Well, there you go. Kemari split at four and four. He wouldn't have been in there if he, if he didn't start four games. There. We will, yep, we will, 
that's a potential potential change. Keep it, and I, there's I, a little asterisk there. I'm guessing Tamalolo won Mitchell, but what were the final standings? Yeah, what what an absolute shock that Jason Tamalolo won. He also didn't get all the first place votes, so even he didn't get all the best lock votes. Someone snuck Victor Radley in there. I could shame that person. No, Are you going to shame that person? Don't. Okay, you tell. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, overall votes for, for Locke, as you said, it, it's pretty obvious that Tamalolo ran away with it. And he had 31% of the vote, but he had 90, vo- 90 points given. Uh, Victor had 50 points in second place. Isaiah, 47 points. And then from then on, a bit of different one that none of us picked. Dale Finucane got 23 points from the listeners. Uh, Jake Roy, which also got 23. Cam Murray, 21. And then a few, a few from there. Quite obviously, no one agrees with me about Corey Horsburgh. I think it's just me and one other person who voted for him. Not enough, not enough lovers of crying in our listenership, unfortunately. Yeah, I definitely voted. Did that one at the wrong time, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, one other person put him in there for <laughs> with one vote. Oops. Yep, fair enough. Um, so this one is pretty. Wi- this one's quite wide open, I think. Back row. So I've gone. Five points, Bill Kikiau. Four points, Angus Crichton. Three points, Ryan Madison. Two points, Torhu Harris. One point, Elliot Whitehead. Yeah, shout out to the um, Angus Crichton return, by the way. I've got five points, Ryan Madison. Oh. Uh, four points, Angus Crichton. Three points, Tohu Harris. And I know Harris, we all know he's played lock, but he keeps getting named in the second row, and this is how these things work. Not just here, but if he gets named there, that's the position he's eligible for. Uh, same thing, Delhi M. End of the year as well. By the way, uh, Luciano Lua two points, one point, Elliot Whitehead. Oof, jeez. Uh, five points, Cameron Murray. As I said, subject to change per lock. Uh, four points, Elliot Whitehead. Three points, Torhu Harris. Two points, Tavita Pango Junior. One point, Viliami Kikau. And this is this is probably one of the harder ones to pick. Um, this really was like I. I, I think I, this is the hardest one. Yeah, I got to like I got to. Uh, I thought Cam was a fairly easy choice. I I didn't have a problem going with him four or five, but then after that I was like scrolling through the list, going, you know, this is this like going through the stats, going through, you know, seeing watching a few highlights, like I I didn't know who I was going to pick until I finally put the numbers down. It, like this was probably this and maybe I don't know maybe winger were the two two hardest ones for me I reckon. Yeah, I think what you said there, Dale. The problem I didn't have the problem of picking like I had a problem picking that I didn't know who deserved like three or four or two. Forget me. I had like I knew my top two. I was picking, I was picking Madison and Crichton, and then I had like seven people I wanted to pick in the next three slots. I didn't know who was the best, how to sort the men from the boys essentially, and um. You know, I gave Tohu the love he deserved. Luch, you know, probably a bit of Doyle bias and Elliot Whitehead there. And, like, you know, Bill Kickow's really unlucky to not get a vote for me, but there's only so many votes you can give out. And, you know, he got one. Um, but for the listener vote, though, and not there's literally no leading contender in terms of first place votes, five point votes. Uh, Kickow got four, Tohu got five, Madison got four, you know, split like that. But everyone seems to agree Angus Crichton is the second best. He got he got eight of the votes there in second in second place there, but overall points wise for for best second rower, let me just scroll across here. Ryan Madison is leading the charge with fifty votes, two votes ahead of Angus Crichton on forty eight. Uh, back in uh, forty three points in third place is Kickow, then Torhu Harris, Elliot Whitehead, and Luciano Lua. So I think I picked I picked the five of the first six there with the pair. I got oh I got five of the first five mate. There you go. Not there bad. you go, mate. Not bad. 
There you go, mate. How good's the hive mind working? And I think that's one thing I noticed. Like, I actually like this. Like, you know, we have been doing less game reviews this year. Fewer. But I like, we have, yes, fewer. Uh, but when I looked at this vote, and you'll see it gets more evident in the other positions, like fullback, winger, and, and, and hooker. But it was a lot of people with the similar fives. And it was like, you know what? I, I do like that our fan base, or at least our dedicated fans, kind of see the game a similar way to we do, even though we're not doing game reviews anymore. We haven't been pumping many tyres. But no, it's still there. I love that. All right. Um, next up, we have uh, the hooker spot. Um, this could... I smell an upset, given what we've already seen from the Rookie of the Year votes. But um, I've gone Cam Smith, five. Harry Grant, four. Damien Cook, three. Appy Corris out, two. Reed Marnie, one. Yeah, and even as the world's biggest Harry Grant fan, I still knocked him off here the last two weeks from Appy Coruscant. So I went five for Appy Coruscant, four for Harry Grant, three for Cameron Smith, which feels disrespectful, but whatever. Two for Reed Marnie, and one, this is one, I actually really like this pick of myself, pat myself on the back. Reese Robson getting one point there. I think he's been fantastic at the Cowboys, and he's getting ignored because they're garbage. Good shout. They are garbage. Uh, I've gone five points Harry Grant, four points Coruscant, Three points, Cam Smith. Two points, Reed Marnie. One point, Jake Friend. So, uh, Bunga, before I do the listener votes, do you want to defend this uh, this Damien Cook pick? I was going to say, we, we just heard a little bit about the uh, the Looch bias from, from Doyle. Yes. And, and I feel that that's more explainable. Uh, explain yeah. yourself. Well, I, I mean, I, I think he's been... I think he's getting a little bit... Well, no. I just, I, think, I just think he's neat. Well, no, I think the I think the hate's I think the hate's gone a little bit too far the other way just because he hasn't been as explosive as he was last year. But I think his service has still been good, and I think his running game, especially in the last couple of weeks, has been a little bit better than it was at the start of the year. And yeah, fuck you. That's my that's my defense. <laughs> that's uh, that's fine. Um, and I do think I think Hooker has that clear four this year, being Grant uh, Smith, Coruscant, Marnie, and so do the listeners. They seventy six points to Harry Grant, seventy one to Ken Smith. 56 to Appy Corusau, and then Reed Marnie on 21. And Damian Cook is behind Ken McInnes, equal on points with uh, oh. Damian, with uh, Josh Hodgson and Jake Friend. What someone voted for um, – someone gave two points to Isaac, Isaac Lou. Good on you. Well, good good for them. It's good that you – I didn't realize that you were allowed to create burners, Mitch, but, you know, good work. Yeah. Um, I'm going to defend my, I'm gonna have to defend yeah. my bias a little bit more in a later pick, but not yet. Oh. Jesus. Um, yeah. One thing on this pick too, you can see there's definitely some Ken Smith hate that creeps in here. Harry Grant featured on every single ballot. Ken Smith didn't. That's funny. So wow. People don't like Cam. <laughs> well, and, and Cam got the most first place votes, but he didn't win. No, Cam had the most first place votes, featured on every ballot. He equal first place points with Harry Grant, sorry. But two people have left him off their ballot, which oh, is not, so you know. <laughs> those, those people are always going to creep into any vote with Cam Smith, unfortunately. So... It's why he would never win like the the top one hundred thing, the top twenty thing that Harry Ramage did. It just he he would not win if it was yeah. Voted for it's the same reason. kind of thing as like he he might not be a yeah. like a unit. He wouldn't be a unanimous Hall of Famer because someone would be like, no, he would yep. referee. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the prop position. Um, I went five points to Mo Fodawaker, four for Daniel Saifidi, three for James Fisher Harris, two for Adam Fanua Blake, one to David Clemmer. This was by far the hardest one for me to pick. I big, shuffled this big one agree. maybe 10 times. And I had Fodawaker and Payne Haas in there, and neither of them made my final five. I found a spot for Takiyaho, and he didn't make it either. Neither did Fisher, uh, sorry, Warrior Hargraves. What I've ended up with 
is five points for Junior Paulo, who I think's been the form prop oh. and is the halfback of the Parramatta Eels. Good shout. Uh, four, four points for James Fisher-Harris, who isn't being far behind Paulo for mine. Then Josh Papali, David Clemmer, and Dan Saifidi. So that's a two double bangers from the Knights there. But you feel like those guys can feel aggrieved that I mentioned that I didn't pick. Even Fanua Blake. There's like 10 guys you'd happily give three-plus points to. And Yeah, the time was real there. hard. Uh, five Dale. points to Payne Haas for me. I think he has been out of this world yet again. Uh, four points, Daniel Saifidi. Three points, James Fisher-Harris. Two points, Josh Papali. One point, David Clemmer. I just wanted to be noted that I didn't vote for Payne Haas. I might be the only person, or not the only person who didn't. Bunga didn't either, but I'm the genuine, bias is I'm gone from my voting. I'm genuinely shocked by that. I'm really well, proud yeah, of anyway. But Payne Haas did lead the first place getting from our fans. He did. And he is number one on the on the fan vote currently. So Payne Haas is 47 votes, two, sorry, points, two points ahead of Fisher-Harris. And Saifidi is in third place with 41 points. Then Paulo, Clemmer, Papali, Takiaho. Goes all the way down for, you know, Fanua Blake, Fodawaka. Man, there's some good players in here getting, you know, six points for Varia Hargraves. You know, just how good Lockie, oh, sorry, Prop is this year that... Um, I'm surprised that Payne Haas leads that charge. I know he's been, you know, otherworldly player the last year and a half, but I just, I personally just don't know if he's been one of the best five props for the whole eight rounds this year. There was a couple of a, a lull period in there, and it's not entirely his fault that Brisbane didn't have a lot of possession in that period, but those are just the facts. That's unfortunate. But I think we can all agree that none of these pampered millennials would hold a hand, candle to Arthur Beetson. No, <laughs> no, of course not, mate. I mean, have you seen? Have you ever seen one of these modern props offload? Have you ever seen them contest to play the ball? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I'm I'm pretty happy to pick those two knights fellas in there. Like I know Clem has been a rep prop his whole career, but him adding an offload this year and Dan Saifidi taking another step has been a massive part of their game plan. And you know, I wouldn't be shocked if those two play, you know, rep football again this year, obviously, but if both those guys are in the Aussie team end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked. Pretty, oh, sorry, pretty next sure, time Australia plays. Pretty sure both those guys are like within the top five of post contact meters. Which considering yeah. their two like the two starting props at one team is absurd. Yeah, they quite often be running one after the other as well. Yeah, so. That's mad. It is. Yeah. All right, uh, into the back line now with halfback. I've gone five points, Nathan Cleary, four points, Adam Reynolds, three points, Mitch Moses, two points, George Williams, and one point, Mitchell Pierce. This position sucks. It's bad. <laughs> like, I, um, I went in there, and when I finished the rest of my ballot, I left two things after I went round out wrapped up. I left the MVP, I hadn't finished that, and I left George Williams and Nathan Cleary here, and the rest blank. Well, I figured it out. So five was George Williams, four Nathan Cleary, three Mitchell Moses, two Cole Flanagan, and one was really hard. Yeah, I don't even think he's a very good halfback. I just think he's been a, he's a good footy player and he's made some plays this year for the Storm. And I've gone Jerome Hughes one purely on that because I don't think DCE has been good enough. I don't think Mitchell Pierce has been good enough for me to vote for them. Yikes! Uh, I've gone five points, Mitch Moses. Four points, Carl Flanagan. Three points, George Williams. Two points, Adam Reynolds. One point, Nathan Cleary. Yeah, and, and, the, and the fans are pretty split on this one too. I mean, I've got a lot of people messaging me as well, complaining about voting for halfback. But um, <laughs> yeah, not one player fit, fit, uh, was on every ballot despite that. Uh, Nathan Cleary got the most first place votes, but overall in the position. So you've got Nathan Cleary. He, had, he got 72 votes, sorry, points. 
Uh, he has 25% of the vote. Then Mitch Modes, 54 points. George Williams, 50 points. Then Kyle Flano, 26. Pierce, 24. Cherry Evans, 22. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Jamal Fogarty getting four points and Blake Green getting two. Good on them for battling up there. I'm hey, someone else, voted for, someone else voted for Adam Reynolds too, Bungard. It wasn't just Well, you. they fucking I, should because I, I'm, t- I I'm tired of the disrespect of the man who still t- still has the best kicking game in the comp. And I won't, I won't hear a word against it. Ridiculous. He got three votes. Good on him. So <laughs> I gave him more votes than everyone else combined. Uh, yes, probably. Yeah, half of, those, <laughs> half of those votes were from me too, so. Uh, two-thirds of them were from you, Dale. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for there your you service. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck the haters. Um, 5 eight. Before we move on, how does it feel to become the biased Gronk of the podcast? I've been doing uh, it for look, years. I, I, <laughs> Jeez, this has been I a like turn. 700 Roosters players. Like, not that biased, but <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to have this Adam Reynolds disrespect. I simply will not have it. He's just... Still, he's the most underappreciated halfback of the last 10 years. The Nathan Merritt of halfbacks, if you will. Still cannot believe you gave him 10 points in the MVP award. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spoiler alert. Adam Reynolds did not get any votes in the MVP award. Um, yeah, so moving on. Five-eighths. Uh, Luke Keary, Sean Johnson, Dylan Brown, Cameron Munster, Cody Walker for me. Again, I found this hard after the first three. Exact same first three as you. Luke Keary, Sean Johnson, Dylan Brown. Uh, Cam Munster got my two. One point I really tossed up, Cody Walker or Jack White. And I went Jack White, and even though I think he's an idiot, he just had a couple of big plays. Yeah, I just I just didn't know to put in that last slot. Cody Walker probably would have pipped it up another week or two. Uh, five points, Luke Keery. Four points, Dylan Brown. Three points, Cameron Munster. Two points, Dylan Walker. One point, Jerome Luai. Yeah, and in terms of fan votes, I mean, again, not one of these guys featured on every ballot. Even Luke Keery didn't feature on two ballots. What? Um, yes, but he was in first or second on every ballot he was on. Oh, so anyway, it does. But uh, he was obviously the, the biggest first place getter. But he also has 80 points, uh, 28% of the vote. Cam Munster's second with 60 points. And I feel like that's a historical Cam Munster vote. People are just leaning on reputation a bit there, I feel like. Then Sean Johnson, 52 points. Dylan Brown, 38. White and 21. And uh, Dylan Walker got two points and Kurt Mann got seven. And I think, you know, fair, fair, fair fucks to Kurt Mann. He's I, been pretty I good the last think year. That that's, that's inexplicable, to be honest. Like, he's been good. No, he, he has been, he's been good the last few weeks. He's really improved. It's not something I thought I'd ever see Kurt Mann being a competent 5'8, but it's been happening. It's been tough to think of Kurt Mann as a competent anything. <laughs> yeah um, sorry I wasn't sure if you finished talking uh, jumping into the back five now best centre I went Michael Jennings Josh Morris Stephen Crichton Joseph Manu Braden Best yeah for me best centre it's I think these are, it's kind of pretty much everyone has the same four players and the other one mixed in but Jennings got five points what a renaissance from, from Mick himself there oops I dropped my phone uh, Josh Morris got four points, three points for Bradman Best, two points for Stephen Crichton, and one point for Zach Lomax. And I think in a couple oh. of weeks that might bump up a bit more. He's been in some quality form the last few weeks, finally getting a position locked down in Mary's side. Uh, alrighty, five points, Joseph Manu, four points, Michael Jennings, three points, Moses Mbai. I like what he does on the other side of the ball. Two points, Brad Parker, one point, Campbell Graham. That's right. Campbell I Graham. Gave Brad, um, I gave Brad Parker some votes. It's fine. I actually don't mind the Mbai vote, even though his defense is garbage. He's um he's I really like how they're trying to use him in attack. But Bungard, Campbell Graham, I, I was I was going to ask you about this actually. What do you think about him at center compared to the wing? Has oh hasn't sucked. Has mm. been 
has been a pleasant surprise, especially the last couple of weeks, and especially given that Dane Gagai has to stay on the wing. So, although Gagai's in the centres this week, and some guy I've literally never heard of is playing on the wing, so that'll be good. Yep, there you go. Jackson Paulo makes Kiba Park kid, so you know he's good. <laughs> oh, I'll sign me up. I'm in. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's been better there. It's weird for a lanky guy like that to, you know, to be a better centre than winger, but, you know, here we are. It is true. Yeah. So, no, ja- Jackson with an X, Paulo, is like the most modern day rugby league name I've ever heard. <laughs> that That is 100% a football manager of region name, Jackson Paulo. That, all right, we've run out of names. So anyway, so I didn't give Joey Manu any votes, but Joey Manu is the best center in the NRL still. He just I don't think he was the best of the first eight weeks. So he equal he split the first place votes. Sorry, Josh Morris and Michael Jennings did with the fans. There's a lot of people who got points in here, including even Will Hopewhite got a point. Justin Olam grabbed a couple of points. Uh, Jared Croker got a point. Somebody gave points to Darius Boyd. Obviously, that's a troll vote. That's who was this? But, you know. I actually know. Let's not. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't name and shame. Name and shame will be later. Well, there is. Um, there was one particular voter who picked just all of his favorite players, and I was going to knock that, but then again, I remembered guys like Brandy Alexander do the Dally M's. So (laughs) whatever, like (laughs) he picks all his favorites. And also, Adam Reynolds got four points from someone. There you go. Um, Anyway, Josh Morris sixty-nine points in first place. Nice. Then Jennings, second, 57 points. Brabham Best with 39. Manu, 31. Stephen Crichton, 24. And then, you know, the whole ragtag bunch. And more than just you voted for Brad Parker and Moses Mbai, they're in there. But, yeah, as I said, solitary votes for Olam and Hopwadi and Croker. I think that kind of speaks of Croker's demise to, to go to a fan vote and only get, what, one voting ballot. That's a bit of a slide for old Jared Croker. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate for him. Um. Uh, wing, I think this one's going to be pretty clear cut. I just don't know what order they're going to be in. So I went five for Brett Morris, four Mike Acevo, three Sione Katoa, two Josh Mansour, one David Nofaluma. And I'm guessing that Morris Sevo and Nofaluma are the top three. Yeah, for me, I've I've kind of made a mistake here. I've just said, but I, I think I've scrolled the wrong name on my ballot there because I definitely didn't vote that guy. I think I clicked the drop down and scrolled the next person. So I'm going to fix that quickly on my last vote there. Anyway, first Mike Acevo, such a game changer on the wing there for, for Parramatta. I mean, not only try scoring, we set quite a few up this year and cracked a few close games open. I think that was an easy vote for me. Four for Nofaluma. Uh, three points for Brett Morris, two for Daniel Tupo, and one for Josh Mansour. My thing, I just said Josh Adokar, but there was no goddamn way I gave Adokar votes. Even though I love him, I don't think he's been great this year. It's funny because I think I've actually done the same thing. <laughs> uh, I've Did gone, yeah, yeah, I think so with the with the Adokar thing. I think you, I think I've done the same thing. Uh, five five points for Mike Acebo, four points for Nofaluma, three points for Josh Morris. Brett uh, to, sorry, yep. Um, so or maybe it's the other, yeah, you might be right. Two points, Blake Ferguson. One point, Daniel Tupo. I'd tell you what. At least Tupo's getting some love from fans now too. We're going to see it in the actual vote all round, but let's have a look here what the votes go. So yeah, Daniel Tupo featured on a lot of the ballots. Again, not one player featured on every every ballot. Somebody didn't put Mike Acevo down. Someone didn't put Brett Morris down. When I find you, <laughs> oh, you anyway. know who they are. I know, but I'm just I, I'm just trying not to shame them because they, you know, they come. I appreciate them quite easily, but don't kill exactly. them. We like having them as patreons. Exactly. I've got all of them in front of me right now, so I know who it is. But I'm just saying, um, you know, don't want to diss those guys. It is an effort to fill this out. But anyway, 
The best winger votes. 80 points to Brett Morris with 28% of the vote. Uh, Mike Acevo got 68 points with 23%. Then Nofaluma on 50. Tupo, 25. And with the updates to putting the right Joshes in, Josh Mansell leaves Josh Adokar. So I hope other people didn't do the same thing I did, just type in Josh and hit enter. Maybe that could have happened. I might have to do a bit of an audit on the vote there, but uh, he, he's sitting there. But all the way down the bottom, there's a couple of sneaky votes. One vote for Anthony Don. Someone's got a bit of love there. Some Brian Tuo votes. And I was actually shocked by this. Alex Johnson only got five points. And, you know, I like to take the piss out of Alex Johnson, as you know, Bunga. But I think once you've gone back on that wing, I think he's been quality this year. And he was he was, yeah. he was he was sixth for me. So Yeah. Well if he played if he played all eight games on the wing, that's true. He'd probably sneak into oh, minor. I should have voted him for best ball. interchange. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, he probably sneaks in over Josh Mantle for maybe played all eight in the wing. I think he's been great since he's gone back there. Not and enough I think he's hard, shown not a bit hard more running. What was that, Dale? He need more. He needs more hard running to get some more interchange That's votes. Thank Agai got votes, which is interesting. <laughs> hey, he's, he's been he's, okay. He scored a lot of tries. He has. It's about time he scored tries. But uh, yes, he's he got the, the Josh Papali tweet, and he just was like, "Right, fuck this. Time to start scoring tries." <laughs> yes, yeah, so you've got Katoa in there, and um, who have you not got? Oh, Daniel Tupo is different to me. But uh, I guess that's um, you know, I wanted only few available of him, but I think he's had a pretty good year. You know, I know obviously he's got the benefit of um, being on Sean Johnson's right wing, but you know, does Brett Morris not have the benefit of being on the Roosters' right wing? Yeah, I I think he's been great. I don't know, maybe I just judge Tupou like at a higher standard than I do a guy like Katoa, who was barely a first grader last year. So yeah, and also yeah. like Katoa has the advantage of being un like untouchable in the air now and five meters tall, so. Like, he's going to be fantastic in attack, whatever happens. Yeah. But, um, that wing was pretty difficult. And the last one we'll get to, Bungard, this is not the hardest, but definitely has it the most quality to me. Yes, absolutely. Um, fullback. Uh, I've gone James Tedesco, Clint Gutherson, Tom Tobojevic, Adam Dewey, Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, for me, again, I've gone Chesco five and four points for Clinton Gutherson. And I know we've been, you know, joking, taking the piss out of the Eels all year, but once Eels fans listen to this, they might finally see we've kind of all voted for Eels players in almost every position. The respect is there, okay? Yeah, 100%. Uh, three, Tom Turbo, two, Nickel Klockstad, and one, Pappenhausen. And I and I kind of wish I had Pappenhausen at two over Chance, but this is what it is. That field goal from Paps probably deserves more points on its own. That's fair. I just realized I had an eel at every position except prop where I had Joseph, uh, I had Paulo like on at sixth. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, come on, Para. Yeah, come, come on, on Para. <laughs> don't, don't be sooks. And, and get rid of that one iTunes review. Uh, five points, James Tedesco. Four points, Daylight. Three points, Daylight. Two points, no. Uh, four points, Ryan Pappenhausen. Three points, Clint Gutherson. Two points, Adam Dewey. One point, Roger Tulvasashek. Yeah, I mean, um, it is, is this saying something, how quality our position has become now? Like, at the top, at least, not the whole way down, but, you know, two of us are check isn't a walk-up start in people's top fives. Well, do you remember That's this time what? last year, we were like, is Chance the fourth best fullback in the league? And he probably was at the time, and now he can't even get a vote, really. Yeah. Well, well you know, well, you know who can't get, like, you know, Callum Ponga, he got votes from fans, but he's on none of our ball- ballots. It says something. And he's uh, and he's in a team that's finally performing well. Like, but I think, would... but I think, but this is the problem, Dale. And this is exactly why Jared Hayne yeah. won like seventeen Daly M awards. It's because when you're a great player in a shit team, it's so much easier to look better. But because the Knights are actually competent now, yeah, and he's still playing well, 
but there's other guys playing well around him. And it, what, I guess did Mitch Moses come last year in the Dally M? Second or third? Yeah, great point. Great point. I mean, and it's funny you say that too, because Knights fans are definitely, they definitely have the shoots with Kalen too. And it was almost like they were happier when he was putting on highlight plays and a losing side with his performances. And it's like, I understand he's attacking Apple hasn't been there, but don't you prefer being a better team, whether or not he's as much of a standout? Yeah, I I can I completely agree. And you did you Valid especially point. pick that up for the years they've been through. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyways, as we'll go back to the fans vote again. Tedesco didn't get all the first place votes, so Harry Grant rookie is the only person to get every first place vote. So interesting there, but um. Anyway, Jay Tedesco got all but two of the first place votes. Gutherson and Tommy Turbo got the other. Now, not a shock at all that uh, Tedesco has 91 points. He's the most points of anyone in one position overall still. 91 points, average of 4.8 points. So pretty much average scoring five anyway from everyone. 31% of the vote. Then Tommy Turbo's in second, who no doubt four with the injury. Uh, Clint Gutherson is third of 50 points, two points behind Turbo. Pappenhausen is, is fourth. And Ponga slides into fifth from the fans, even though he wasn't in our ballot, 27 points. So he must have got some high votes from the fans. But a couple of cheeky votes there for one vote point for Matt Dufty and one for Jermaine Asako. Dewey got 11 as well, Bungard. So oh, there you go. How many did Trell get? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? Deserved. It's not that bizarre. It's, it's, it's not that bizarre. Um, no, but saying like to see if anything will vote, the troll should not get a single vote. It is true that like although I don't really we don't really have any South fans that listen, do we? So yeah. we have a couple, but I mean, as you said, we kind of it's good to see they're representing our thoughts. But Dufty getting one point, by the way, I've mocked Dufty forever. That's not about that person. Fair, fair fucks. He's been pretty good back at fullback the last four or five weeks. Once he's opened up his game, played a bit more ball playing, a bit more deft touches, giving him more space. And we move on now to the main event, the highly prestigious uh, MVP after eight weeks award. Um, <laughs> the the uh, call it the Mary McGregor Award, mate. Yeah, Good I was going to say it's the, Mer- the <laughs> Memorial <laughs> the Mary Award. McGregor Award. Um, and so us, along with the committee, were each given ten players to vote um, for across all positions. Um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the 10 guys we voted for, starting with our one point, going all the way up to our 10 points, and then we will tell you who won the overall voting. And we already know who won, but uh, it'll be... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pretend to act shocked. So first of all, I went one point to Daniel Saifidi. I think he's been fantastic for Newcastle this year. I think he's been the second best for, uh, the third best forward after Jason Tormalola and Mo Fodawaka for me this year. And uh, yeah, he richly deserves this prestigious one point that I'm giving him. Mate, you've got an argument to me on him getting a vote there. He didn't make my votes for, for MVP, but, I mean, I can, I can see exactly why he did that. For me, I gave one point, and this one, I can't remember who I jumped out here, but, but anyway, it was close between him and somebody else. Thanks thanks for me. Good memory, this. But I've gone Dylan Brown for one point at, at, at Para. I think um kind of lived up to every expectation of what we thought he could be or people thought he could be in, in his second year, and I think the period of that Moses is really – proving his chops as a playmaker, that he doesn't just have to be that second fiddle ball runner, that he can handle more possessions. And I really like his work in near the goal line and his death kicking game and also, you know, his ball running. And I think his combination with Junior Paulo sounds like a dumb thing to say, a prop to a 5'8", but that allows um, Brown to run out wide where he, where he experiences more joy. So one point for Dylan Brown for me. Uh, one point for David Nofaluma for me. Um, I think he has been a resurgent force for West Tigers this year. 
uh, which you know might be a little bit of hyperbole, but that's nothing new on this podcast. Um, I I just think he's he's done everything that's been asked of him in a team that's been playing, in my opinion, well above where they potentially could be, um, which has been a big change from where he was really earlier in the year, but mainly last year. I think he's been much improved. So a point for me. Yep, fair enough. Uh, two points. Mine went to Mo Fodawaka. Basically the same reasons as Daniel Flyfeedy. It's just really difficult to put middle forwards high up on an MVP voting chart. But uh, yeah, he's he's been great in an uh, in a pretty dire Gold Coast team. Yeah, I think that's a you know I I feel bad not having him in, in my top five props, but again I think that's a fair vote. I think he's not under the radar. People are starting to realise now, but he was under the radar last year, and he's finally getting his credit. Hey, old, old Fodawaker. Anyway, for me, two points to James Fisher Harris, who you know similar vein. I, I think a player who's been good for a while now and is starting to finally get the respect he deserves as one of the premier props in the competition. Kind of floundered on the edge in the past at at uh, Penrith for mine and. Found his real home in the middle there and that prop when he spent time at Locke in the past. And I think he's been one of the best front rowers. And I think he lays a platform along with, I thought I'd never say these words, but along with Isaiah Yo, lays a great platform for Penrith in the middle there. These these truly are strange times. Uh, two points for me. Jason Tamalolo. Um, look, he's been very good, but it's hard, as you said, it's hard to give a lot of points to a player who is carrying so much of a load. There's only so much he can do. Um, he's, in my opinion, the best lock in the comp. Um, but, a- again, as you said, with the with the Fodawaka thing, there's, a- there's only so much he can do in quite a poor Cowboys team, but two points for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I gave him a few more than that, but I think that's totally fair logic, given that I used the exact same logic on my first two guys. Um, three points for me went to Sean Johnson. I think he's been... Really good this year for the Sharks, especially and he's and he's especially given that he's one of those handful of players along with guys like Ben Hunt, Tony Milford, and Trell that gets unfairly criticised far too much than they deserve. But I think he's done a lot to shut the shut the haters up this year. I think he's been great. Yeah, mate, a, a fair call. And funnily enough, on three points in my team of my MVP votes, sorry, Sean Johnson as well. And, and I agree with you wholeheartedly there, mate. It was weird the start of the year and he was getting getting criticised for his performances when he, they weren't had, winning. but He had the most tries this in the comp, and there was, like, experts for certain websites being like, oh, the, the Sharks' halves should be um, uh, Chad Townsend and um, Matt Moylan. Yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly, mate. Like, yeah, okay, whatever what they say. But Sean Johnson's kicking – sorry, not kicking his game. Passing game has really improved, and his running game's kind of coming back a little. But you can, you can never replace the – his long pass, if you get me, his line engagement on the right-hand side. And it's no coincidence, every time he goes to a team, that right edge becomes one of the, if not the best, but one of the most lethal sides in the competition in terms of point scoring. Speaking of lethal in terms of point scoring, my three points went to one Mr. Joseph Manu. Um, I think he's been very, very good in a very, very good team this year. Um, obviously, you know, he... He's made to look good uh, because he is in such a good team. But again, um, I think that he's been he's been one of the form players of the comp so far. And and three points for me. And the the thing that you guys mentioned about Sean Johnson, he like one of the things that he got he copped pelters for was about like his goal kicking and like the the fact that he didn't have you know correct coaching at that point or he didn't have any coaching or whatever was going on. 
like that's not to do with him. His goal kicking was still well above average, and and you know again another example of unf- him getting unfairly criticised. And as you said, I think he's answered those critics quite handsomely. Yep, cool. Uh, four points for me went to Luke Keary. Uh, just continues to leave a massive hole in my heart since leaving Souths, and continues to be bloody awesome for the Roosters. I think this part where you mentioned him just said this is the part where I found it really hard to split, like, from Kiri up to where I've got, what, the next three or so, really hard to split. I've got Clint Gutherson, and I probably should have him higher, but I just found it so hard to split them. But, you know, it, it's very hard for a fullback to be a genuine leader in a team. But I think Gutherson's done a great job of that at Parramatta. Um, you know, as much as I like to joke about him not being the king, and he still ain't the king. He's had a pretty, pretty good eight weeks. His, his support plays really improved. His effort every time... You know, the in possession is fantastic. He also has to pop up everywhere. He's making things happen like that try. I know it was round nine, but off a quick tap, you know, he, he went down the blind with seven and set a try up. And, and his passing has really improved. He's, you know, becoming one of the better fullbacks in the competition. And it's unfortunate for him that, you know, he is a fullback because he probably doesn't play rep football anytime soon still because of, you know, guys like Tedesco and Tommy Turbo in front of him. On on the subject of people who will be playing uh, rep football at some stage in the near future, uh, I have gone four points to Payne Haas. Uh, just as you said that it's hard to be a leader uh, on the field uh, from fullback, it's often hard for a, for such a young player to be a leader uh, of men and leader in their team. But I think Payne Haas has been pretty bloody good this year at uh, picking up where his colleagues have left off. And for that point, uh, for that reason, I've given him four points. You, you know, the one of the things you mentioned here, like I, I actually had one of our listeners who had a good discussion with about this voting and, and he had some guys higher in the MVP than he had them in the positional votes. And he, and he explained to me, he said to him, he saw MVPs like, I know I can say, you know, player X, say Payne Haas might not be, you know, one of the four or five best comps on uh, players in the comp on form, props in the comp on form, sorry. But yeah. he is so valuable to that Broncos team and probably any team he's in yeah. that he deserves MVP votes, for example. And I actually think when you put that Haas vote there, I like that Haas vote as an MVP yeah. more than I like the vote as him as the best prop. Yeah, I can, I can see because where you're coming from there. Yeah. Well, because I, what you I, said, mate, the leadership. I think you can definitely, mate, you can, with the, with the way it works with value, I think you can definitely put guys higher in this vote than you do in their positional vote. And spoiler alert, I have done that further up the list. So we'll uh, move on. <laughs> and um, five points goes to Harry Grant for me. Um, I mean, we're, we're obviously going to talk about him some more when you two also, I mean, Dale, um, uh, we're obviously going to talk about him some more. We already talked about him for winning the rookie. Uh, but yeah, Harry Grant's been a breath of fresh air for the Tigers and I'm really gutted for them that he'll be going back to Melbourne. Yeah, I mean, you know, I knew he'd be good. <laughs> we knew he'd be good. We all did, but it, well, actually, not all of us. But you know, if you paid attention, he'd be good. I didn't know he could be this good from day dot. I knew he was a day one starter, but man, he's like so impressive. Hey, every single week, he looks like he has been playing in the first first grade football for five years. Um, my five points, Junior Paulo. I mentioned that's the kind of thing. I kind of found a way to get, you know, I bet two props in my uh, my top ten. I re- the position was so good to me. I thought I had to get some more props, MVP votes, and Paulo slowly climbed my list to be. My most valuable eel over Gutherson there. That's three eels in my MVP, my top ten now in MVP voting. But I think Paulo has always had good potential, and you know I defended that signing many years ago. When firstly the Raiders pay big bucks for him, and secondly when the Eels pay big bucks to bring him back because of his ability to ball play and his ability to offload and and his ability to carry the ball. 
but he seems to just be, I know he's still, you know, the largest slab of human you'll ever see, but he seems to be in the best shape of his career too, in terms of being able to carry that weight and get around the field and contribute to that team. And yeah, I just think, you know, leading that, that pack from the middle and that pack on paper isn't the world's best pack, but it's performing like one of the best in the comp. And I think Junior is a massive reason for that. I, I'm still unawares as to where that man buys pants. That will always be a mystery to me. Uh, right? right. <laughs> a man has thighs as big as my torso, and that is a terrifying thought. Um, my five points goes to one, Api Corusau. The guy has just hit the floor running uh, this year, and I've been a big fan of his work. He's not my most highly, uh, most highly rated hooker in the MVP, spoiler alert. But I think he's been fantastic, and and I don't think that I don't think that he's been as as you said earlier, Mitch. Like his his career up until this point has been somewhat of a mystery. I don't just don't understand how he keeps getting shopped around. But yeah, five points from me. Yep, and uh, my six points goes to Nathan Cleary. What a what a shock! If you told me at the start of the year, I would have would have called you a fool. But yeah, Nathan Cleary has been great for me. Weirdly, been better since James Maloney left, and. Yep, Penrith are flying, and he's the most important player on their team. So, value. Yep. Uh, I just want to mention, well, go back to my last guy, Junior Paulo. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but he's getting like nearly 30 tackles a game now. And that's a guy who used to take, like, he'd avoid actively tackling. You know, like he'd make like 15 to 20 games if he could improve his game. But anyway, my five points, sorry, six points goes to Cameron Smith. And I feel gross having him that low. And I did start with him. Like, you know, I first started putting MVP together. I, I, I listed my one, two, three, and I banged him into three. And then I slowly slid it down. And, you know, I don't need to, to reason with Cam Smith's uh, resume or, his, you know, his career. Everyone knows who Cam Smith is. But just the first eight weeks of this year, I feel like there's been four players who have been more valuable than him. That's simply it. Uh, my six points uh, has gone to one Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, I think that he is one of the, obviously one of the best players in the comp. Um, and I think he's been in fantastic form for the last few weeks. And for that reason, he gets six points. Yeah. Sure. And before we move on, Bungard, to shout out your Cleary pick is like, I, I hate it too, but it's right. He's actually performing what he's supposed to be. Hey, this, the reputation is, is finally shining through without James Maloney there. Like he probably deserves to be my MVP at some point as well. I feel like I've grown as a person. Uh, <laughs> um, seven points for me man who needs no introduction Jason Tamalolo yeah yeah I mean yeah no need to reason it I guess <laughs> uh, for me I've gone seven for Harry Grant and again I had him at uh, had him at eight points originally I've slid, slid him down one slot but perhaps with the thinking more valuable I might have got that little wrong but yeah in, instant impact at the Tigers their attack has been a, a way, way, way better since he's been there. And even small things, and he was doing them in Queensland Cup, but doing them in first grade still, even small things like how he's turned Josh Alloway back under for tries a couple of times this year. Really small things around the ruck, but that's some now, so it takes years to develop. And, you know, guys like Reed Marnie are developing it now, but Harry Grant's got it from day dot in first grade. I just love watching him play. And as you said, I hate that the NRL, every other club has let the Storm have this guy and not noticed you got a loan out, but it's like, yep, we'll just let them go for 15 years. Of They're playing fucking Brandon Smith at prop this week because they can. It's just, it's just, it's just a remarkable show of arrogance. It is. I'm off them. <laughs> uh, seven points for me was Harry Grant as well. Um, he is playing some of his footy this year has been otherworldly. Like 
there have been times where he has looked as good after eight games, in, in and not for whole games, but for patches. He has looked as good as, say, Josh Hodgson looked last year. Some of his stuff when he comes out and, you know, goes on those diagonal runs and puts people, like, engages the line and gets gets close to the line, engages the line, and then puts people into a hole or pl- cuts out a pass and puts someone else out, out like, through a hole out wide. His, his ability to read the game and his ability to not just read it but engage with the game is something that's really impressed me for somebody who is so young and so inexperienced at the top grade. Um, and, and I just I hope I hope the Tigers do enough with him this year, do well enough with him this year, um, because like he he is a he is a special talent. I'm not going to say that he's the next Cam Smith or he's the next whoever, but like he he is he's a special player. Yep. Um, my eight points goes to Cameron Smith. I mean, it's just remarkable that this guy's a thousand years old. He continues to reinvent himself every year. Been ball playing a little bit more, even briefly playing halfback for spells in games. You know, he's four six dropouts, put on six tries over the first eight games. Um, yeah, the defense is still there. Everything's still there. I mean, he hasn't been the most important player in the league this year, but I mean, he's just been so impressive to me. And you know, he, his, his kicking meters average is up significantly from what it was last year. He's also goal kicking at the best mark of his career. Uh, sorry, no, the best mark since his very first season back in 2003. So, um, yeah, super impressive from him so far. And eight points is weird for the guy who I and many others consider to be the GOAT. But, yeah, only the third best player so far for me. Yeah, and Ken Smith goal kicking, that's one of those things, a great testament to the quality of player he is and, and how dedicated he is, hey, as you mentioned. It's only got better through all of his career. I know he said his first year kicked better, but his first full year kicked eight out of nine. Like The rest of his career, he kicked like 70% kicker for like maybe six to seven years, maybe more. Only the last couple of years he's become a sharpshooter. And, you know, you love to see that from guys who are like, you know, fossils essentially when he was like 35 he was turning still get becoming a better goal kicker while other guys are sorting out their retirement plans for christ's sake um anyway my eight points and this one i actually went through a bit of a why i switched coruscant and grant here is because i understand harry grant is very valuable valuable to the tigers but Appy coruscant has gone to that panthers team and absolutely changed how they play around the ruck and they had it at Manly last year, how they attack the ruck so often and he finds gaps and, and you know, and can get their team rolling on the front foot and instantly break the line after two or three decent runs he's set up. It's kind of like Damien Cook stuff. I know I hate calling someone someone else-esque, but he's looked like Damien Cook did a, a couple of years ago this year. And he, he's just been one of the best in the competition for mine. And so far, buy of the season. I know Grant's a buy technically, but he's alone. But Coro couldn't have played better and, you know, probably be at a new club in two years. That's what happens to Coruscant. Someone will get punted in two years. Uh, eight points for me goes to the Fijian flyer, Michael Sebo. I would rather try and stop a train, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, he has been unbelievable this year for Parramatta. He gets all of the, you know, he gets all the accolades he deserves. He'll score 100 tries in four years. Uh, and good luck to him. He's he's been fantastic in the first eight weeks of the season. How did they manage to replace Semi with like I'm not saying the Semi same type hair? of player, but like yeah, but just such a physical ball runner on the wing, like just such a similar type of player who you know can create, can carry the ball in one hand comfortably, good in attack and defense. Like I don't know how they managed to find someone like him and, and just do it again. He's such he's a, such a similar player to Semi, but like. I feel I wouldn't go so far as to say he's the evolved form of semi, 
but like yeah. he he, I don't remember just little things like when Sevo trucked somebody like front on a few weeks ago, and I was just like, Jesus Christ! Imagine trying to make a legs tackle on that. Whereas like at least. I guess with at, le- at least with Semi, you kind of you would have hoped that you weren't kind of catching him at full speed, and like he was he was more ni- nifty around with a bit of footwork. But like Sevo has footwork, he has that front on strength. He's relatively decent in defence. Like I think I think Semi was a better defender, uh, and I think Sevo's got more of like an aerial talent as well. I think he's he's had a few put downs, a few difficult put downs from memory, but like the the guy is a flying house. Um, he's a scary he's, thought. He's um he's definitely more likely to run over you than Sammy was. Like Sammy will still run through you, but it'd be a bit more of a you know a fend and a swerve. Yeah, Sevo will just go over your damn face. Like and, the, I, and I, he yeah, he yeah. he he legit. I I don't like the term, but he legit Fiji inside steps people, and he just runs through their faces <laughs> with his knees. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, so this is where it gets spicy. Uh, nine points for me goes to James Tedesco. He's been, oh. absolutely out- He's been absolutely outstanding again this year. He's a joy to watch. The Roosters are just painfully a joy to watch. And yeah, it, it, it's flabbergasting that it was only a couple of years ago that this guy was behind Matt Moylan in the origin pecking order. <laughs> we we all have we have on record our thoughts on that, Bunker. None yeah. of us agree with that guy. That's going to say. Okay, anyway, for me, nine votes. Uh, this was, You guys saw this coming, if I haven't said it already, but Jason Tamalolo, I think automatically I dropped those Tedesco and Tamalolo top two, and I said I dropped Smith three. I couldn't find a reason to remove Tamalolo, and I, I think the disrespect for him is getting a bit ridiculous in terms of not that people are calling him shit, but just like how easily, how easily we're trying to find to replace him as the best block in the game. Like I know a long time ago, maybe even 10 years ago, every year we tried to say who was a better hooker than Cam Smith. We just gave up on doing that. We still at that period now, people still try to find someone who's apparently better than Tamalolo at lock, but they're just not. And I know his team's doing garbage, but I couldn't imagine what they'd be doing without him. I don't know if they, you know, I don't know how many, how they must be losing by 70 or something without him there. And you make a good point, not similar, similar to the point that you were making earlier about the most valuable player. Like he, in terms of his team, he's definitely up there in in the most valuable to their team top three in in my opinion obviously i haven't put him in my in my top three but i can completely understand why you have like the the guy is he's he's the best forward in the game like yeah he's he's as i said he's he i only gave him a few votes but like i can completely understand why you've scored him where you have uh, and my you know, nine with the rule changes, just quickly on Tamil again. So with the rule changes, he's still playing over seventy minutes a week, you know, and that's yeah. it. He's perhaps supposed to be, you know, getting tired or not, and he's still averaging over two hundred and thirty meters a week. And the thing is, the Tamilolo is like because we've come to expect that when he puts out two hundred and thirty meters and he's and you know thirty or tackles, or whatever, no one gives a shit. But you know, you'll you'll see. Watch the broadcast. Anytime another forward has two hundred meters, like oh my god, look at this guy, two hundred plus meters. Look at this, whatever. Doesn't even happen with Tamalolo because you just expect him to do that at this point. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good, very very good. He he has such a high watermark. Um, unfortunately yeah. for his team, the rising tide has drowned all of the other boats. Uh, my nine points uh, goes to Luke Keary. Um, sorry, yeah, <laughs> Bungard has left the chat. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think like for all of his faults and foibles, he. Like he's just so important to that Roosters team. He runs the team around, um, and 
they play liquid rugby league and they're so nice to watch. And he's such a big part of that. Um, and for that, I've uh, I've given him nine points. Yep. Um, okay. And this is where my this is where mine gets somewhat uh, ridiculous. But I mean, this is the guy that I put below James Tedesco on the best fullbacks list because I do believe that James Tedesco is the best fullback in the world. But for me, the most valuable player so far this year has been Clint Gutherson. Um, so, in my opinion, he is the best player on the Eels, and they have been the best team. And, and not, obviously, it's not always as simple as that, but. He's, you know, he hit the value he brings in both leadership. I mean, he's the captain there this year, as well as the things that he can do. Like, obviously, James Tedesco is a better ball runner. No one will ever question that. But Clint Gutherson has a kicking game. He can also kick on kick goals when Mitchell Moses isn't there. I think his passing game's a little bit better. And I just think overall, the job he's done this year is just remarkable so far. And he is the biggest reason why Parramatta are doing so well. And I'm happy to hang my hat on the fact that I think that so far through this season, um, he has been the best player. Well, mate, you know, it's a fair enough opinion to have. As you said, he's got a lot of strings to his bow now. You know, he's got seven try assists and six line breaks, but he's kicking the ball, as you mentioned. Not not, not a lot, but enough. And then even things like his running game, if kick returns have really improved. He's averaging over 200 metres a game right now. Like, it's that's way above his career average. Last year, he's 160 metres, the average last year. Before that, 120. Before that, 110. Yeah. Before that, 100. Like, he's yeah. pretty much doubled his running yeah. metre output because he's such a more physical runner than he was a couple of years ago. Obviously, and obviously, you know, Tedesco does beat... I think Tedesco's got 240 a game or something. But t- over 200 for Gutho is still really good. He's got more tries than Tedesco does, obviously. And they actually, through eight games, had the, uh, the first eight rounds, had the same number of line breaks as well, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I think that's a fair enough vote. For me, I've gone, you know, as you know, I've gone Tedesco 10 points overall, and it probably more weighted on the, the earlier four or five rounds of the season. Obviously, the concussion there in that period slowed him down, but I just thought some of his work, you know, and that, that, you know, I know it's only the Bulldogs, but his game against the Bulldogs, the game against your lot, the Rabbitohs in round three, and his game against the Eels as well when he got concussed. I thought he was great before that. And he didn't even play in that, that absolute drubbing of Brisbane. So he didn't even get to pad his stats in that 59-0. But I thought the little period there was just goddamn exceptional. And um, I think he's the best player in the game currently. And I do think, and people kind of hate these takes, but I think it's time now that I'm happy. If he has another couple, two, three seasons like this, I'm happy to call him a better fullback than uh, the apparent goat, Billy, uh, Billy Slater. Yeah. Um, just before we move on to Dale, I will say that is, and that's the other thing that sort of ties into the value aspect is whilst Tedesco is the best fullback in the game, they didn't have him for a game. And I know it was only the Broncos, but you know, they won by 59 points and you, you do God, feel like what only the Broncos. My God. Sorry. <laughs> you, do, you do feel like, you do feel like they could slot someone else there for a couple of games and they'd be okay. Whereas Gutherson is really along with Paulo and Moses, um, the, the, the re, like the guy that is keeping that power machine humming. Yeah, but I mean, as Bunga, sorry, as Dale said, he, he described it pretty well. The Roosters play liquid rugby league, and it kind of feels like they could put in, like, if they had Hargraves, Takayaho, Radley, Kiri, Tedesco, they could probably put out witches' hats and still <laughs> smash teams after that. Hey, just the way they play, how they move so smoothly down the field. So I guess that's, it's kind of the Tom Brady thing, mate. Systems fullback. <laughs> there he is. I am never guessing that. James Tedesco is not amazing. Again, best fullback in the world, but I think through the first through eight weeks of this year, Clint Gutherson has been more valuable to his team. Uh, and with that in mind, I've given James Tedesco 10 points. <laughs> uh, I, I, as I said, he, he is the, the dotter of I's, the crosser of T's, the, uh, the finisher, the punisher. He's fantastic. He, he is, in my opinion, I mean, 
I mean, really, he could, as you say, give him a few more years. He could be the the best fullback ever. Like he is a he is a freak. Um, and it's it's one of those funny things where like we talk about we talk about Cam and we talk about how we're lucky to have watched um, him play so well for so long. Tedesco to me is more like we're lucky to have seen him play well, play so well at all. Uh, like I know it's I know it's a little premature, but he, he anytime he gets the ball, he reminds me of a, a little bit of one of those players like uh, you know like an, an early nineties Raiders or like an early nineties Broncos or a Slater or a Lockyer or you know um, I, I mean Semi was another good example. He's the kind of player where every time he gets the ball, you want to stand up in your seat because you think that something is going to happen. Um, he, The point that you make about them being able to put out witches' hats is, I think, more than a fair point. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tedesco gets concussed or gets injured in the next few weeks. The the Roosters enlist, I don't know, the help of the, the, the spinning blade from Robot Wars in about 2004 and just <laughs> chuck a jersey on it because at this point, they're very, very good at rugby league. Like they're the two-time defending premiers, and they could probably put out an iguana out there, and no one would know the difference. But Tedesco is just—he is the finesse, and and it's that kind of finesse that I that I love. Uh, so ten points yeah, to you, good sir. And I do like what you said there. Lucky to see him play so well. And it's not that he wasn't a quality player at the Tigers, but he's never going to be able to play this level of football there because simply they weren't on top. And I do like, like it's very strange to say I enjoy watching Roosters team play, but the way him and you know Kiri are playing there, whatever, they're an entertaining team, and I enjoy watching Tedesco go there and just beat up fools. Hey, yeah, rugby league is weird like that, isn't it? That like, I mean, Andrew Johns aside, probably like. It is difficult for even the best players to look like they're the best players when they're not in the right system. Like you feel like with football, for example, like you could put Messi or Ronaldo any team in the world and they look good. You feel like if Peyton Manning had played quarterback anywhere, he would have been fantastic. But with with rugby league, it's just different. And and you know we talked about before how he was slept on for so so long while he was at the Tigers, and it's it's really not until he was able to come in under Trent Robinson and with all these great players that allowed him to elevate his game to that level. And you 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 do wonder whether even the big three at the Storm all those years were only as great as they were because they were all together. I'm sure I'm certain that played a part, but it is interesting that it seems like in rugby league more than most other sports that you can't really be at your best unless the things around you are all working as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's go over to listener votes. So I did just realize too, I didn't have Kiri in my MVP top 10, but what I feel bad about that, but it is what it is. Um, so the only one the Tedesco got the most first place votes from our fans, one ahead of Tamalolo. But there's a good little list there that uh, Gutherson, you're the only one to put Gutho first, which is fine. Cantor only got one first place vote. Harry Grant got two. But earlier, before we got the final votes in at one point, Harry Grant was leading this. And um, not that we were mad, but it's like, come on, guys. Hey, Bungard. Like, come on, this, this can't no, be wasn't he, wasn't he leading before the three of us voted? No, I there was. I had to still tabulate two more list of ah, votes okay. that they, had, they hadn't submitted their MVP section selects correctly, so I didn't put them in yet. So anyway, Tedesco's in first place, 143 points, an average of 7.5 votes for points per person, sorry, and 13.8% of the vote. Tamalolo behind him, 129. Harry Grant, third place with 119. Ken Smith in fourth place with 94. Kiri in fifth with 75. Coruscant, 58. And then Tommy Turbo, Clint Gutherson, Sean Johnson, 
And around that, just the perimeter of the 10, Payne Haas, the last one in there, Brett Morris and Nathan Cleary just behind him. And then you've got a big drop-off to votes scattered everywhere. Um, who, who's a, no, Not really any strange people who got a vote. Someone put a vote for Joe Leilua, and I respect that. I've got to respect the man's love. But uh, not really any anyone outside of that. That's, Kim McKinnis got three votes. Yeah, three points. That, that yeah, I can deal with that. Maybe yeah. one person. I, Brett Morris got a lot of votes. Jake Jake Clifford also got a few, and I love Jake Clifford, but that's weird. That must be one person's thing. Yeah, one person gave him a three three pointer. Okay, but yes, good, good on them. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, pretty a good exercise. I think I think uh, I've I've enjoy, enjoyed doing. I, it anyway, I did. I enjoyed chatting about. it. I enjoyed doing it. It's been it's been it's been enjoyable. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to it as well. Um. Yeah, so we'll obviously jump back and do this again in, in a few weeks' time. Yes? We will. And then at the end of the season, the last one, we'll add in a few more things of, of the season things. Yeah. You know, we don't want to, I don't want to put in the trial of the eight-round periods, etc. At the end of the season, we'll put together an of-the-season options. Um, you know, obviously, these, because I don't think those things need to be voted on in an eight-week eight, eight week period, if you get me, the same way this does. So we'll do that. And then um, next round through, we'll break it down to make it easier. People want to use some stats. I'll give you some uh, some data that's between you know the, the six rounds. Yep, absolutely. And again, thank you to everyone who voted. And if you want to vote next time, uh, you will have to uh, subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash rookies. And once again, to all of you who already are on our Patreon, we love you very dearly and we are very humbled that you will continue to support um, the work that we are doing. So uh, with that in mind, um, this is we're coming to an end of my episode. We'll hopefully have a few more for you this weekend. But for now, it's goodbye. Uh, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. Ta-ta. And it's goodbye from me.